gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke in the 14th verse. We're actually going to stop 14th chapter and we're going to stop short of the full reading and stop at verse 11. Jesus is at a party or a dinner and he has some things to say to the dinner party people and this is what happens on one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath they were watching him closely when he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor he told them a parable he said when you were invited by someone to a wedding banquet Don't sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host, and the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place, and then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Dearest Lord, give us insight into this quirky parable, this tricky text and sometimes even hard to understand piece of scripture illuminate our minds and pour your spirit into our hearts we pray this because you have said when we pray it You will do so in Christ's name. Amen. It is so easy for us when we read a parable like this one to immediately put on our detective hat and go to work. We read read this kind of parable, this one about the seats at the table and like you would a, a case or a mystery that needs to be solved, like Jesus is giving us this puzzle that we need to to figure out. And so we put on our detective hats and, and go to work to solve the case. We look for the clues we need to try and solve it. And the clues we would need for this one are the clue that we would that would be helpful for this one if we were to, to go at it that way would be to know that place in the time of Jesus was very important. Your place, your place in your family, your family's place in the community, your, your, your place. place was Even right down to ordinary events such as dinner on the Sabbath where there's a, an order of where you're supposed to sit by place. And there would be certain seats at the table that were kind of reserved for the distinguished guests, the honored guests, the highest place. And then from that point down, you know, there'd be kind of a pecking order of of where to sit by your place 
in the community. It was not a, it was not a condemning thing. It was a, it was a natural cultural practice that was very strong, and everyone kind of knew where they were. But sometimes at, at a party or a gathering, you know, you might not exactly know what place people were supposed to. And so that would start an inner conversation that lent itself to assumptions about where you might sit, and, and that's what Jesus is getting at here. And so just that alone, right, just that alone gives us enough of a clue to start trying to solve this parable puzzle, right? To say, well, sure then, what Jesus says makes sense. I mean, if you're going to come in and you don't quite know, then shouldn't assume that you're in the highest place. And because if you're wrong, then it's how embarrassing. I mean, how awful that would be. To have to be demoted, to find out that you're not as highfalutin in the eyes of others as, as you thought, and to, that that's in fact how you might should approach the kingdom of God, because you're not as highfalutin as you think you are in the eyes of God, right? Oh, and she, that's right. <laughs> but Russell's good. We talked about this last week, that when we got to this point, they'd sit down and, never mind. How embarrassing. And Ellen's face is red, too. She did good job acting. So, the safe bet would be to sit in the lowest place. Just assume you're in the lowest place. That way, if you're wrong, then the only place to go is up. You get to hear the guests say, oh, move up, and you say, oh, me, right? So that's it. Just do that. Case closed. We got it all figured out, right? Well, the problem is that if everyone takes this newfound wisdom of how to walk into a great party and to then you're gonna have the opposite effect right I mean you're gonna have Fred Craddock puts it this way if you take this message as some kind of divine revelation of how to seat yourself at a party then it's gonna become a cartoon it with the head of the head of the table at one end, and everyone else piling on top of each other at the low end, scratching and clawing their way to the top of the pile with ears cocked to the host for the announcement that moves them up, right? It's, it becomes, it's silly. It's silly. So maybe we haven't got this thing figured out after all. I mean, what are we supposed to do then? Though? What are we? How do we do? Where in the world are we supposed to sit for crying out loud at this, what's now become this dumb table that we're just frustrated? How are we supposed to? What's the solution? No matter what we do, we're going to be wrong about something. No matter which path we take, we're going to be guilty about something. We can't solve it. And that's the point. That is the point. Jesus doesn't tell this parable as a way of offering us some kind of insider scoop 
on how to get ahead in life or how to find your best seat and reserve it at home plate in the kingdom of God or anything like that. He tells this parable, he offers it as an impossibility. It's a no-win, no-way-out scenario. Because no matter how we slice the thing, we pull away from it some sense of guilt. When we hear Jesus say it, it doesn't matter if we've committed the best seat in the house crime or not. We know that he is pointing squarely at us and our vanity. And there's that part of us that just walks away from it going, yeah, I kind of do that. I do that sometimes. I don't like it when I do it, but I compare myself to the where everyone else is seated. And I would rather be at the top of the chart than the bottom. I, I, I do it. I do that. We get this the parable tries to force us to face our guilt. And we don't like it. We don't like it. Guilt is a funny thing, isn't it? If we have too much guilt, it overwhelms us. It paralyzes us. We don't want to even try anything at all. We just kind of huddle up in a ball in a corner and say, Oh, why even go out there at all? I'm just going to get it wrong. Why even try? Paralyzes guilt. Not enough guilt or none at all, and we run roughshod over everybody. Railroad everything in life. We're just out there living life rampant. But one thing is certain, when we do experience guilt, we can't, it just don't like it. We'd, we'd almost just rather avoid the whole thing together. Let's do that. Just avoid it. Woody Allen was once quoted as saying, when I play baseball and I steal second, I feel so bad that I go back. <laughs> Let's just avoid it. I love on the back of a you know when you get a speeding ticket? Well, none of y'all know because y'all don't ever get a speeding. But I've seen one or two every now and then. And on the back, you have that place where you can check no contest. No contest. It's like saying, well, I'm not exactly admitting that I did something here. But I'm not saying I'm complete. I'm just not going to contest it. You know, I'm just, I just don't want to deal. Y'all do with it whatever you need to do. And I'll just give you some money. And you just take care of it. Don't have to. Just avoid it. In church, we have a prayer of confession, right? And we, we bow our heads and we say, Lord, I mess up. I mess up more times than I get it right. I, we're, I'm, we're just, we just fall short of what... We're just awful. We're awful. We're just, we're just dirt. Amen. And then the pastor says something like we said this morning, which is, it's all okay. Settle down. You've been forgiven in Jesus Christ. And we, part of us, part of us says... Whew, I'm glad I'm done with that. You know, I don't even know why. I'd rather just not even do that part anyway. Let's just not have to deal with that kind of thing. We, part of us says that, even though we know we need it. Guilt's a funny thing. Too much of it, we're crippled. Not enough of it, we just run out crazy everywhere without a second thought. 
But is there such a thing as just the right amount? Just that right amount of guilt. You know, the kind of the perfect sweet spot on the guilt spectrum. You know, like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Not too hot, that porridge is too hot, that one's too... That porridge is... We want the porridge of guilt that's just right. Is there such a thing? If there is, then my guess is that the goal of this parable is to give us exactly that. Just enough guilt to motivate us to want to do something about it. Not crippling, not crazy, unchecked person, but motivated just enough to do something about it. That that would be the goal of this parable. That that, in fact, might just be what Jesus is putting out there by telling it. It wouldn't be the first time he's done this. He does it Anytime he mentions the kingdom of God, there's a certain amount of guilt for us associated with it. He says things all over the place. Things like, well, if you don't receive the, the kingdom of God as a little child, then you will never enter it. And we go, oh, God, that, that gets me a little bit. And then he, he says things like, those who put their hands to the plow and look back are not suited for the kingdom. And we go, oh, well, I do that too. And And the big one that we hear all the time, right? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And we go, bong, that just hits me right where I live. And And he's doing it again here. He's saying, those basically who fall into the trap of worrying about who's placed where and what's the pecking order, aren't fit for the kingdom. If you're going to do it, you might as well humble yourself so that you might be exalted. But those who exalt themselves will definitely be hum- I mean, it just, he's doing it again here. And perhaps the goal is to give us just enough guilt to motivate us to want to do something about it, to, to motivate us to, to stop worrying so much about where our seat is so that we might actually start looking at where everyone else is seated and help them with that. Just enough guilt to motivate us to to get out of our own skin and start to pay some more attention to what might be happening to someone else in their skin. Just enough guilt to motivate us to rely less on what we are doing and, and rely more on what God is doing. Jesus is pushing out for us just enough guilt that might force us to take a long, hard look at ourselves. And isn't that what a disciple is all about? What being a disciple is all about? Isn't a disciple someone who is in constant reassessment mode of who they are and how they're living in light of their faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't a disciple someone who is always in this time of reorienting themselves around the compass that is the life of Christ Jesus our Lord? Isn't that, isn't a disciple someone who isn't overwhelmed by guilt but has just enough of it so that they might re-seek the grace of God in Christ our isn't that's a disciple 
Max Lucado offered once offered the following thought. He said, when God says he forgives us, then let's unload the guilt. When God says we are valuable, then let's believe him. When God says that we are provided for, then let's stop worrying because God's efforts are strongest when our efforts are useless. I think that's what Jesus is saying in this parable. That those who worry about the pecking order aren't fit. But those who are able to stop worrying about all of that stuff actually understand what being blessed really means. And as for the rest of us, the ones that struggle always with that parable and are only left with those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. As for us, well, may our guilt not be so much that it overwhelms us, but instead just enough, just enough guilt to make us want to do something about it, to compel us one more time to seek out the grace of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. After all, just the right amount of guilt can be a good motivator. Amen.